Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. And we're talking with uh, Everett uh, Bap Bap of Zass Tech Labs. How are you doing, Everett, this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Warm and inside with a cup of coffee, so in the weather that we have today, so I could be a whole lot worse. Yeah, I guess the weather we're dealing with in Ireland isn't as bad as what you've dealt with abroad, with the stuff you're dealing with. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but the, the kind of work we do, we're, we're used to all kinds of extreme weather, but uh, but it's all relative, obviously. I mean, we have snow now, and it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of people across the country here, but, you know, it could be a lot worse. We're not dealing with tsunamis or hurricanes or anything like that in, in Ireland yet. Yeah, that's true. So tell us yeah. a bit about your background. Sorry? Tell, tell me a bit about your background. All right, yes. Now, well, uh, going back a few years, probably before I started doing what I'm doing now, I have an IT background. I, I run a company and we're doing a lot of uh, wireless voice and data communication, networking, that kind of stuff. And uh, basically, I'm originally from the Netherlands, moved to Ireland in, in 95, so I've been around a good, a good while. And after working in IT for a while, for, for quite some time, I kind of came up with this brainwave, maybe to call it that, that uh, the technology that was working with in, in, in kind of commercial environment, like the, the wireless voice and data communication, that that would be very useful to use in a disaster response slash humanitarian environment where uh, a lot of organizations like NGOs are going into areas that have uh, post-disaster where the existing infrastructure is uh, is destroyed or in certain areas like Africa and not certain parts or remote third world countries where there's no communication infrastructure and uh, using technology that I, I was working with, you know, you can very quickly establish uh, a communication networks uh, network for the various organizations and by improving the communicate means of communications, the, you basically improve the quality and the coordination of the, the, the relief effort or the humanitarian aid work. So that I had that's kind of brainwave I had, and I kind of worked on some concepts, some designs for that. Never didn't immediately put it into practice, but then in 2010, uh, nearly yeah, eight years ago now, when there was a big earthquake in Haiti. I saw uh, the new supports coming in, you know, there was like nearly a quarter million people killed, more than a million people uh, made homeless. So at that point I kind of decided, you know, let's see, let's take this idea that I have and see if we can actually, you know, be of some, some kind of form of help to, to the response effort. And that's kind of how I ended up in the line of work I've been doing for eight years now, which is uh, technology in, in disaster response and humanitarian aid. So how has that been going for you so far when you started off? Is it, is it growing a lot? It's very rapid. Well, I mean, it's eight years, so it's not, no longer rapidly, but it's, it's it's grown from a point where, like I said, when I went first went to Haiti in 2010, I thought I'd do this for maybe three or six months as kind of, you know, contribution to humanitarian aid, and I go back to my day job then. And that didn't work out that way. I've been doing this full-time now for nearly seven years, and... Uh, We've operated in pretty much any country or any area where there's been a large disaster, be it natural disaster or humanitarian crisis, uh, ranging from 
Fiji and Vanuatu in the Pacific to the U.S. to Ecuador, Haiti, Nepal, Philippines. You know, uh, we've done a lot of work in the past years in Greece with the refugee crisis, where we did a lot of work in the refugee camp. So it's we've grown very substantially uh, from the the. the first four-man team eight years ago that went to, to Haiti to now where we have over well, a base of about 300 uh, volunteers spread over, right over 20 countries uh, nearly. So, you know, we're, we're uh, operating at a, at a global scale. And I guess as you've grown, technology has come down in price, so therefore it makes it easier for you to do your work. Well, that too, but I mean, obviously, like, technology comes down in price, but we also uh, constantly try to... Uh, you know, innovate and, and improve the technology and uh, that we use both hardware and software-wise. So, you know, there's a certain uh, cost picture uh, constantly changes, but because we are a, a charitable organization, we also work a lot with, with sponsors and donors, and, and uh, we quite, get quite a lot of equipment that we need, either donated or at discount, and uh, that makes, it makes a huge difference, of course. Yeah, and tell us a bit, a bit more about the Cambium network, network life and technology that you use. Yes, now we've, we, obviously when we started out first we looked at different kinds of, because uh, most of our, our stuff, most of our equipment that we use on, on location, it's all Wi-Fi equipment or, or wireless to some extent. And we've, we've initially in the first few years of, of this work we went to the different kinds of types of uh, manufacturers of hardware and we looked at different options and then in about... We think it was about 2014, about four years ago, we were introduced to Cambium Networks and uh, we had a good look at their equipment and, and both at uh, value but also more, but more important is uh, performance and durability because obviously we install uh, the equipment under hostile circumstances or, or less than ideal circumstances, weather and heat and, and cold and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's important for us not only that it works well, but that it works well under, under those kind of adverse conditions. So the uh, first time that we, we tried out the Cambrian equipment, we were working in the Philippines in response to, I was just trying to think what the name was, it was Typhoon uh, Yolanda, it was called. And we worked, actually what we did, we, we were in a very rural area in the, in the Philippines, kind of semi-jungle, some uh, number of villages that we had to set up communication networks at. Uh, we worked together with Cambium both by using their equipment, but also having pretty much their, their support in the form of tech support and, 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 and technical assistance while we were, we were getting to grips with the equipment. And it was such, it made such an impression. I mean, it worked very well, uh, first of all. I wanted it running, but it was also very easy to install and configure. Like the units were very compact, the, the, the interface was was easy to use. Because obviously when we work as an organization like ours, we work with a lot of different volunteers. So the the rotation of people on the ground is rapidly, and well, what's important is that, that with the equipment we use is easy to get to grips with for people who haven't used it before. Uh, not everybody that we get is uh, Cambium certified. And that turned out, you know, it can be just turned out very easily. Like, it's for people who have an understanding of, of wireless networking, it's very easy to get to grip with. It, uh, it's the configuration options are good. But what also was very helpful is that uh, they have a cloud-based controller system, which means that once the equipment is powered up on location and has an internet connection, 
that we can not only remotely monitor uh, the performance and, and any network issues, but we can also push configuration files down the, down the internet basically and reconfigure the units and basically have full control over individ individual units, uh, the whole network, uh, but as well as, as individual users. So we could, for instance, when, when a user needs to be downgraded in, in available bandwidth or uh, sometimes even we might have to need block certain users, we can do that from any location in the world. So we could have a, a very experienced tech guy in, say, the US remotely log into a network that we've installed in, like I said, the Philippines or in, in Greece or in, in Ecuador or anywhere else that we work and uh, then work together with uh, the people on the ground to, you know, to make sure that the, uh, the opt we get optimal performance out of the, the networks that we, we use. And I guess it's also durable, so designed to work in all kinds of weather and conditions. Yes, absolutely. Because, like, like I said, like in, if we go into an area where the sense has been a typhoon, uh, that's, that's not for a single incident. Like the, 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 those areas are quite often susceptible to bad weather on a frequent occasion. So any any equipment that we install and that stays in for longer periods has to be has to be able to withstand uh, the the actual the, the impact of rain, heat, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, cold. For instance, we installed a lot of cambium equipment in Greece in the refugee camps and working in Greece for nearly two years there, uh, I was surprised to find out that yes, it does actually snow and freeze in Greece yeah. in the winter, which I didn't know. So we had some units that were in, in certain areas were covered in ice and snow and just kept performing perfectly. So it's, it's not just a, uh, that from a software perform perspective that the cambium equipment works very well, but it's actually a physical hardware perspective to also very proven very durable. Yeah, now you said you worked in Greece. Tell us more about your work in Greece, Haiti and Puerto Rico. Yeah. Well I mean in Haiti initially like I said we we went in in twenty ten after the, the the big earthquake at that time. And uh, that was uh, you know was the first uh, effort into the humanitarian aid sector. So uh, we went around there uh basically because we were so new to it at, 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 at eight years ago, we just basically put a team of uh, volunteers in a, in a vehicle, a pickup truck with equipment, and we just went around to different uh, displaced person camps and field hospitals, and just basically, if they needed internet access or communications, we set it up on the spot. And we, we ended up, uh, what I thought would be a short-term effort to something that lasted more than two years, where we went from a disaster response to kind of rebuilding effort, putting internet access into remote schools and community radio stations and all that kind of stuff. But we've been back there a few times. It's like I said earlier, these kind of areas are kind of prone to disaster. So we were back in Haiti the last time after Hurricane Matthew a couple of years ago. And uh, we put, we assisted the, uh, the response to the, the hurricane, the response effort uh, by providing communication systems for, for various uh, medical and humanitarian organizations. Uh, Greece is was a kind of new uh, type of operation for us because for two reasons. Once it was a humanitarian crisis rather than a, a, an extreme weather event or a natural uh, disaster. And two, it was right on our doorstep. It was, you know, it was, it's Europe. So, you know, it's the first time that we, we operated on such a scale within Europe. And we, we went to Greece. Well, I sent the first team to Greece in September 2015 when, uh, shortly after the refugees started arriving on, on the, the shores of the, the island of Lesbos. 
and I send a, we send a small team to basically do uh, carry out some needs assessment and uh, maybe provide internet access in one or two locations. But shortly after we arrived there, we were approached by the UNHCR, uh, who were, had decided to build two refugee camps there, and we were asked could we provide internet access in the refugee camps, both for the refugees as well as the, the UNHCR personnel and other aid organisations. So we went ahead and did that, but the challenge today was that the locations for the, the refugee camps were greenfield sites. They were basically uh, olive orchards with no facilities, so there was no electricity, there was no internet on site, etc. So we had to build everything from scratch, which included a uh, solar power system with batteries to operate the equipment, had to design that ourselves and build it, put as simple as putting the posts that we put the equipment on in the ground ourselves, dig the holes for the concrete. Etc. Uh, we've, we've obviously done that, and then when the decision was made to build more refugee camps across Greece, we were again asked could we facilitate uh, uh, the connectivity needs in those camps, and we ended up uh, building internet in, uh, infrastructure in 18 refugee camps and serving nearly half a million refugees with internet access as well as the various aid organizations ranging from the UNHCR down to Red Cross, uh, Medicine Sans Frontier, etc., etc. So, you know, we've done a fairly big job over the period of two years that we were active in Greece. And, yeah, and that's done eventually because our main focus is not so much on long-term but more short-term disaster response. We eventually uh, worked with a local Greek organization that we, we handed over the day-to-day running of those networks. So most of those are still up and running. And uh, we have kind of stepped back to a kind of second-line support role where if the organization on the ground needs any, any assistance from us, we, we were still there for them. So that sounds like you've been working pretty hard over the past few years on, on these different area different countries. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been kind of all over the place. So, you know, we've been uh, very busy. In, like I said, Greece is the, the biggest and the longest uh, deployment that we've done. Uh, uh, but, I mean, since then, we've been also been in Ecuador. Uh, I mentioned that Greece was the first in the year. We've been in, in Italy, too, because there was an earthquake in, in just south of Rome there uh, a couple of years ago, and we worked there. And, you know, we, unfortunately, we kept very busy. The, the, the scale of especially natural disasters keeps keeps expanding, and uh, there's a lot of effort involved in, in responding to those. And at the same time, uh, uh, we work on, on you know, managing our uh, the technology that we use and, and keeping up to, up to date on what the new developments are and, and improving what, what we use and, and how we use it. And again, uh, we work together with some of our technology sponsors, especially Cambium Networks, a lot on uh, by reporting back kind of you know our, our experience in the field when we when we're using their equipment and and, and work if there's any issues then we uh, we work very closely with them on finding solutions and sometimes like it has happened in the past that certain issues that we discovered in the field that they were resolved by Cambium engineers and then rolled out in the next firmware upgrade for for equipment and all that sort of. So in between the actual responses to the disasters, we do a lot of work too on, on, on kind of developing and, and honing our technical skills. So I guess in a way you can see it as a, as a beta tester for all this hardware and software? Yeah, pretty much. Well, to a certain extent, because I mean, obviously when, when we work with organizations like Cambium or manufacturers like Cambium who supports us by uh, providing hardware, we want to do something back for them. So, you know, it's, it's, it's useful for them to get field reports from us, how to, how to, uh, 
their product performance under a, a quite heavy, stressful environment. So, you know, you're talking either uh, adverse weather conditions, you're talking about uh, a high number of users, uh, etc., and all kinds of conditions. And obviously what's, what's always challenging is the different kinds of backhaul, because if we build a Wi-Fi network, in, for instance, in a refugee camp or in a field hospital, uh, it's not always possible to hook that up to a, a high-capacity fiber connection or a cable internet connection it's it's sometimes it's quite often initially satellite links that we hang we uh we connect them to so then we have to manage the bandwidth uh that that uh, uh, to make sure that every user on the network gets an equal amount of bandwidth uh, we have to sometimes block certain applications such as uh, streaming video and all that and obviously all the equipment needs to be able to handle that so we 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 test. We were able to test the equipment that we use in quite unique uh, circumstances, and then obviously that feedback is very uh, useful for the for the manufacturer that we deal with. Yeah. All right. And tell us a bit more about the uh, the award you, you're getting soon, the Connect to Hero Award. Yes. Well, that was very interesting because uh, we, I wasn't aware actually initially of the existence of the award, but uh, because Campion deals with. Well, so many different types of customers and, and uh, all over the globe, they they put this thing together, the Connectivity Hero Award, which basically is, as far as I could figure out, is it kind of a user vote, user vote. So they put it available, put it up for vote on the website, and they have a number of candidates, myself or Disaster Lab at least, and. Uh, a number of other people, organizations who use uh, Cambium Network products for humanitarian products, or at least, you know, products that help people rather than in, in a purely commercial environment. And then uh, uh, visitors to the Cambium Network's website, and which are obviously mostly uh, users or uh, corporate customers, can then vote on uh, who, which part of project they find most interesting. and. I was first of all pleased that at the end of last year I got the there's a quarterly round which I won at the end of last year or won is maybe a big word I was I was voted I got the most votes and then uh, they do a yearly award based out of the you know the four quarterly ones and then uh, the one who gets the most votes out of that and apparently I've won that one for 2017 also so that was it's, it's great that I have to get that recognition I mean. Obviously, I don't do this kind of work for the awards, but you know, any kind of recognition like that increases the kind of general awareness of the work we do. And as as the kind of organisation that we are, a charitable organisation, one of the very important things of that is that people are aware of what we do, so they can you know either volunteer with us or they can support us with, with you know in 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 kind donations or anything like that. And so that's yeah, it's great recognition, and we appreciate that from Cambium Networks that they first of all organise something like that, <laughs> but second of all that that they actually want it, which is you know, it's, it's great. Yeah, if people want to find out more about you or how to donate, where would they go? Uh, I would suggest either our website, which is disastertechlab.org. Or they can check us out on Facebook, uh, which is basically disastertechlab.com forward slash, uh, sorry, facebook.com forward slash disastertechlab. Okay, that's good. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I mean, if people are interested, like, the uh, best thing to do is have a look. You know, you get uh, both Facebook and our website give a, a great impression of, of the work that we do. 
it's a great means for anybody who works in, in, in information technology who says, you know, I want to use my skills or my expertise to do, uh, to, to give something back, even if it's a short period, you know, if you're available for one or two weeks. We do deployments all over the globe. Uh, and uh, unlike most other NGOs or charities, we, we, you know, what we generally do, we provide the flights and accommodation for volunteers. So it's not a huge financial investment, but uh, we're always interested in good people who are willing to donate their time and their expertise. And, and you know, on a larger scale, any any kind of people who want to make a donation, you know, that's always welcome because that's you know that's how we keep going. Uh, so yeah, check out our Facebook page and check out our website. Okay, thanks, Dan, and have a good day, everyone, and enjoy the extreme weather we're getting around the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. kind of ready. I hope it doesn't get too bad. All right, take care. Thanks for that. Uh, okay, have a good thank day, you. Bye. Bye. Bye.